Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Welcome to Undrafted, a Dynasty Game Theory podcast brought to you by the Undroppables. I am your host, Scott Belanger, a.k.a. Jax Falcone, a.k.a. Fantasy Receipts. This is episode number 108. Let's take off the mask. Oh my God. I am so sorry. I, you know, I never saw it coming. I, I really didn't. Y'all, y'all been tuning in for a long time. I got I got outed and uh and you know it took some it took some deep deep police work to get this done and and uh I'm going to start with the credit due where the credit is due. Kev Mahaja Kev Kev uh opened the uh opened the Saturday morning Twitter verse with just an I gotcha of epic proportions and the fantasy community knew it when it saw it. Let me just read. Good morning gang. We have our fantasy receipts culprit, and his name is Dino Game Theory. Did some digging with a cohort. That means he's not working alone. He's got a team on this thing. And over the last 12 hours, and it became abundantly clear via a multitude of context clues, the man behind this is our self-proclaimed receipt king. And you know what? This was the thing. After he, you know, he figured me out, boom, just like that. I mean, it didn't take much more than that. Why was I so foolish? Why was I so foolish to use the fantasy receipts moniker and just leave the receipts in there? My God, how could I have been so dumb? You know what I mean, guys? You know, and and, and actually, I do have a guest. I'm going to bring him out. Let him hear me out because he needs to be here for this. I mean, I feel like I need some... He's an attorney. He is my attorney now. I've got him pro bono on this deal. Uh, Mr. Felix Sharp is here for part two. Felix, what is going on, buddy? Are you here for are me? Gonna get our, are, are we going to get ourselves in trouble today? Let's uh, let's go ahead and get ourselves in trouble. I'm down I for it. So. I like this. Dude, I'm already in trouble. I've been yeah. outed. I mean, it's a You've big deal. Outed. These people want blood, and Kev gave it to him. I mean, you know, boom, just like that, the whole receipt thing. I mean, if I had been thinking for a minute, Felix, I would have never coined myself the receipt king and then gone and started this elaborate undercover thing, you know, this, uh, you know, account with fantasy receipts. I should have called it something else. That's the first one. So I'm sure out of the 12 hours that him and his gang did sort of uncovering this, this was probably only two or three hours where they put this thing together, right? It just started to come together like a woven basket. Once the receipts fell, all the rest of the, the 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 dominoes were so easy, you know. Because he then says, um, he, "I'm a big fan of the receipts, and I'm a I'm a volume tweeter." 
And it shows with 300 plus coming from the fantasy receipts from the last two days. Got me again. You know I don't have shit to do. I'm just sitting there. 300 plus tweets one day. That's me. That is me. Volume tweeter. Another just fucking I gotcha. What what could be more damning than that evidence? I mean, you're an attorney, Felix. That just that's a slam dunk, right? Yeah, the the uh, people on Twitter are going to be coming knocking on your door with pitchforks and knives now, and uh, uh, you got to watch. You better watch your back. You got to you better watch your back, Jax. Watch your back, Jax. You're going to need. Oh, I've got I've got tech security on this thing now, and the whole thing. Absolutely, they're protecting my IP address. Our IP address. Wink, wink. Anyway. So, you know, he, he kind of goes, and, and then the worst one, you know, uh, hold on, this was, this was some good stuff. Uh, our culprit, Dino, he, he goes, our culprit, Dino Game Theory, did wind up posting one of himself, but only after we sent it in for research purposes. What did he send in? <laughs> Kev sent in his very, very own. You know, he sent in his own. And uh, I tell you what. There's one, there's one thing for sure, Felix, that there's only one of us who's ever submitted anything to the fantasy receipts, and that's Kev Mushes. <clears throat> um, with, uh, with the analysts most mentioned, none of them were undroppables. That's another one. Mm. Boom. Forget mm. about it. I, why would I, you know what I mean? Like, I just totally forgot to, like, cover my trail by, you know, taking out some of my fellow guys, but no, this is a hit piece and he knew it and he saw it coming. Oh, this one though. Unbelievable. Um, you know, we started to tweet at the same time during a day time gave it away as well. He says receipts would go well into the evening and both accounts had their first tweet yesterday, 11 minutes apart. Dino game theory and noted West coast guy. And, and then in, in parentheses also, a big fan of Colbert gif- gifts. I mean, this, I feel like, was my just moment. Because why would I do this? I mean, I just can't believe I let myself open this way with the Colbert gifts. <sighs> so, anyway. You got caught, you know, you've been caught red-handed. Caught red-handed. red-handed. This whole thing, man. And Kevin and his team, over those 12 hours, they started to piece it together just stitch by stitch on me. And and I'm outed now. I there's nothing I can do. This fantasy receipts thing is done. Or, you know, is it? I mean, here's the thing. Who gives a shit who it is? I mean, of all the things I could care less about, like I've actually DM'd who the person, it could be a girl. I, I say dude, but I mean, I love it. I, I don't care who it is. And also, who the hell cares? Like, he, you know, if you're upset that someone is retweeting something that you literally tweeted. Like, that's it. Without comment, just, hey, look at this shit. I mean, you really you really have some emotional damage. Am I right here, Felix? Yeah, I actually have a lot of thoughts on uh, yes. the fantasy receipts account. Um, I the, the fantasy community is soft and insecure. It just is. And if you are a person triggered by that account, if you feel defensive in a certain way about that, then I'm good. You should. You should. You are soft and insecure. I don't know how hypocritical we are in the fantasy community as analysts. You want to work at ESPN? You want to work at NBC? You think you can be Stephen A. Smith or Colin Cowherd? But you're triggered by an account with less than 4,600 followers or about 4,600 followers. If you can't handle 
that type of criticism, then you don't have what it takes to be Matthew Barry. You don't have what it takes to be Lawrence Jackson at NBC now. Lord, don't lose on Twitter. Go ahead and look at his pro- profile and people telling him to speak English. You think yeah. you can be Mina Kimes with all the yeah. get back in the chicken, get back in the kitchen comments? First of all, you probably aren't smart enough. She went to Yale. But you can't you can't do it. If you can't take that kind of criticism, you don't have what it takes. You don't. You don't yes. have what it takes. So go back to being an accountant or teaching or whatever little safe space you've developed where you're not criticized and you feel all warm and cozy and everyone is agreeing with you. Go back to that safe space. It's just I I think it's fun. I just tweeted something today. This woman on ESPN on uh, First Take. Everybody, this black woman had an opinion about the Giants. People are saying affirmative action. How did she get this job? And you are triggered by um, this small, small (laughs) account on Twitter retweeting your takes. And you don't, you can't, you don't have it. If you are triggered by that, then you do not have what it takes to be a content creator to the masses, like a Colin Cowherd or somebody on ESPN where, (laughs) where millions of people, are watching their takes and criticizing them just for fun for sport just for fun so go back to uh go back to you know accounting or whatever it is that that makes you feel safe and when you do your content creation and stuff on the side but i it's just i think we are so hypocritical and so sensitive jacks i played foot i played football at grand valley state do you know like our coaches would yell would would say if you were practicing poorly they'd be like all right sharp we're going to play with 10 guys in a pylon. All right. Let's bring a pylon out here. We're going to play like that. And that's the criticism. You, you would get criticism if you got crossed yeah. up or you got run over uh, in practice. They would play that shit the next day in, at the team meeting over and over and over again. But yes. oh, oh, I'm getting my takes retweeted. Yes. You all are soft. You all yes. are soft. And if you have an issue with it, you can tweet at me at Sharp Review on Twitter. Or, hey, give me a call, 616-308-6341. You all are soft. You're soft. <laughs> soft. I love it. Yeah, you're talking about – I remember when I, uh, when I when I was a backup quarterback in high school, uh, the, the the starter got you know sick and I had to start. And I, I, I did – we did win the game. And there was an MVP trophy. I did win it. I'm not trying to break. But the before the game, the coach looked at me and he said, Belangia – you don't have to worry about the other team killing you because if you fuck up, I'm going to kill you. Now let's go get them. And I was like, holy shit, that really just got said to me in the fucking locker room in front of everybody. And that was our uh, walkout of the of the, uh, uh, of the the tunnel speech. So you're absolutely right. You can't be soft. Um, and, and it's true. I, when I saw this fantasy receipts, I was like, oh. He ho- I hope he has some of mine. That'd be great. You know, I, I was fucking yeah. excited. I was like, that'd be great. I have a lot of shitty takes. Of course, it's called living life. Like, why would it? Why would you be right a hundred percent of the time when predicting the future? Like, literally, if you were, why would you even be doing this for? You know, on, on Twitter, you just be betting everything a hundred percent and winning literally millions of dollars per day. They'd have to shut down the casino because you're so fucking smart. It's just, it's so stupid. It's so stupid to be offended by this fantasy receipts thing. And you said it perfectly. They just don't aren't made for there, it. You're there are people on Twitter being criticized for their race, for their intellect, for all of these other things, personal mm-hmm. attacks. And you all are too soft to take a little bit of jiving from retweeting your bad takes. You all are soft. Because man. Albert O sucks really or whatever. <laughs> like, right. Shit. right. Yeah, so what? I'll do it again. I'll say it again. A, a guy comes up looking like him in his value. I'll say it again and be wrong again. 
and I'm ready to be wrong. I've said that on, on this like, show a million times. Be ready to be wrong, and that's how you become better at almost everything. Because if you think you're going to be right about everything, once you're wrong, it hurts too much. It hurts yeah. too much. But yeah. Felix, they quite, hurt my feelings. Quite frankly, it's an indication of your influence in the space if yeah. that account is retweeting you. I'm in the C2C space. Yeah. It should be my job that they are retweeting Devi, C2C, college fantasy related um, uh, takes. They aren't. So that's a failure on my part. Bingo. This, you know, my community needs to be uh, f- featured on that fantasy re- receipts account. If you so, uh, don't worry, I got you, man. <laughs> don't worry. You, uh, you understand. No, no, what I'm I, I, you understand. The reason I didn't retweet you, we didn't retweet you, wink, wink, was because I didn't want to make it so obvious because, you know, you, you being, you know, you know, my friend and attorney and the whole, you know, the whole relationship. I mean, it would have, he'd have, he'd have uncovered that. I mean, he's going at the Colbert gifts. You think he's not going to see that a mile away? Come on, Felix. It's obvious. Yeah. You know, let's get into, are we going to get into trouble with some football too? No, we can't. It's, it's impossible. I mean, imagine blocking fantasy receipts. Like, like what, what, what would, why would you block them? They're obviously, somebody else so therefore they have access like anybody has access to just get mm-hmm. your uh, tweets it's not like oh how would we ever find those tweets ever again like your block I-, I was just like wow this is it's just incredible so anyway god bless you all if you're listening to this and you did block them don't take this as an attack just go unblock them and sprout some and go out there and and challenge the world with your head up okay not head up your ass all right, let's get into this. 2023, we did last week and we just rambled on. We didn't actually ramble on. We just got cut off with time. And um, sure. rather than rather than go back and just pick up where we left off, we're going to do something even more enjoyable. And that's a 2023 Superflex Rookie Mock Draft featuring one of the smartest people in this industry when it comes to college football and then the other guy You're is going to be me. So we're going to do that. <laughs> we're going to do that. We're going to do that now. I know a little bit. I might get dangerous here on this one. but um, Tight end you know, premium. Tight end premium too. Oh, Jesus. Thanks. Yeah, just what I needed. Uh, I'm not picking any tight ends. No, I'm just kidding. I don't act. That, that's tough. All right. Uh, he just threw a curveball at me. We'll do tight end premium. Super flex. Dynasty rookie draft. 12-team league type of thing. PPR. The whole thing. Ready? Here we go. Who's got first pick? You sh- you should take first pick. You know what the you yeah, know what the first pick is. Yeah, you know I'm glad I have the first pick because I think if I have the first pick right now, like right this second, I'm going Bijan Robinson, and it's because he's the one I'm most certain will be a great football player in the NFL. Uh, the two quarterbacks, while you need quarterbacks in this in this format, and they'll go soon. But I just want Saquon, JT, Brees Hall. I want that guy first because I don't want to pick Darnold or Baker or Rosen or Haskins or, you know, all the other litany of names of guys who are like, no, dude, he's the real deal. And and that's the reason for it. So for me, it's Bijan Robinson 1.01. And let me ask you a question. When I picked him, if you were at the 102, are you upset or like sweet? He let the quarterback fall to me. How no, would you? No, feel? I'm upset. I'm upset yeah. because I would I would take Bijan number one also. Um, 
and quite frankly, I'm probably set at quarterback, like in a lot of my super flex leagues. Like I'm not waiting. This is not the class where I'm late. like, I got to go get CJ Stroud right. or, or Bryce Young. So um, I, uh, I don't have any problem with that take with that pick at all. I think that's going to be consensus, actually. When it comes down to it, I think it's going to be consensus that Bijan, number one, even in Superflex, over um, uh, the two quarterbacks. Well, obviously, it'll be consensus now because I'm so influential that my pick will obviously carry the ADP for months and months, there you go. obviously. There you go. Now that I'm fantasy receipts, too, I mean, my reach is growing. All right, I'm going to go ahead and take C.J. Stroud, then. He's my number one quarterback on the board. I mentioned on your show last week, this is not, you know, the – the quarterback who's going to get you excited with what he can do on the ground. He is a pocket passer. I don't even think he's necessarily that great scrambling. So think the, you know, the old school stationary quarterback, Tom Brady, that's what he is. So he has to go to a team that has a supporting cast around him or he's not going to be fantasy relevant. What team could that be? I hope it's my Detroit Lions. Their offensive yes. line is excellent. They've got Jamison Williams, who C.J. Stroud played with when it, during his time at Ohio State. If he goes to one of the – but if he goes to the Houston Texans, he's going to be like, mm, don't like that. But C.J. Stroud at the 102, I, I think that he could have a long career if, if, if he finds himself in the right landing spot. And I'm saying that that's Detroit. I think, you know, I, I feel like – I, I feel like that is one, two for me as well. At, at three, I, I don't know enough to make a really informed decision because it's like, you know, Bryce Young, um, you know, feels like the right pick because then there's a, you know, a, a fall off from my perspective at the quarterback position. So for that reason, I'm going to take Bryce Young and – I, I I mean, you can help me with this pick if you kind of agree. I just feel like he's going to be a top five quarterback in the draft. That's that's going to tether him to opportunity for the next several years. He also has ceiling. He has some questions. I mean, let's face it. You know, you mentioned the arm strength and the, I, I mentioned the size. I don't love the size. It's it's really scary. I mean, you know, it, all that stuff is just a little bit scary for me. The size stuff the mo- is the most. But coming from the program he's in, the lineage he's playing through, Tua, Mac Jones, now him. Uh, he was a five-star, I believe, you know, coming out of a big school, a big high school uh, prep star, the whole thing. So with all that being said, I'm going to take Bryce Young, FT-dubs. Yeah, I don't have a problem with that. The, the thing that's going to make Bryce Young exciting is if he – Bryce Young has superpowers that he chooses not to use. This dude is one of the best athletes on the field. You see it when he faces pressure, and you're like, how did he duck underneath that rusher who had a free shot at him? How did he see him? Uh, he's a little bit of a Houdini, but he has speed. He has agility. He would be great in the running game if he chose to run. He never does. He never tr- he never runs, but maybe the NFL will force him to do that. Maybe he won't be able to move the chains consistently if he doesn't use that rushing ability. So he hasn't. I don't know why. I have no idea why he does. You know who didn't do that either uh, in the college is Justin Fields. We knew that Justin Fields was this elite athlete. Never ran the ball, and uh, Bryce Young, two years and uh, as a starter, has been the same way. But. Maybe he'll be unlocked uh, uh, going into the NFL. At number four here, I'm going to take Jameer Gibbs. He's my number two running back. We've seen him come on uh, here in the last couple of weeks, 200 and 150 yards uh, rushing against two good SEC teams. His pass catching is elite. I think if you deploy him in the Alvin Kamara role, even though he's 200 pounds, man, 
and we know we know how much those those receiving uh, those receptions are worth in PPR leagues. He's going to be a PPR monster. I truly believe been saying this for three years now that he is a running back who could have a thousand and a thousand he is a running back who could catch a hundred passes in the nfl and um and he's a slasher you know if you find him in a wide zone scheme like the 49ers and he's getting those cutback lanes he's going to get to that second level and use his acceleration and he's going to present a a problem for deep for defenses i don't think that he's just a pass catching back some some folks think that uh, think that he's just a you know a satellite back a third down guy. I don't think that. I think that he's an all-purpose back despite his size. So give me Jameer Gibbs here at number four. So I think look, I think this is where the draft there's a tear break for me anyway in my mind. Now whether or not that's true or not, we'll see. But like for me, I, I feel like that's the top four. When I was deciding between Bryce Young and Jameer, I mean and and and, and someone else, it was Jameer Gibbs. And so I feel like those four are there. Now you start to look at, you know, there's a couple of running backs. You have the 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 top wide receivers. Now the top wide receivers, you know, from last year were Jackson Smith and Jigba and Keishon Boutte. And, you know, coming out of their sophomore seasons, they were these studs. And then they just kind of, I mean, tell us a little bit of a story about what's going on with these two guys. Because I think that's probably something that if I'm deciding here, I want to know. My question to the expert is, hey, what's going on with these two guys? We didn't get to wide receivers last week, so please share with me what's happening with these two guys. Why aren't they performing? Uh, What's going on? Well, Jackson Smith and Jigba has just been injured, so that's the reason that he's not performing. If he was on the field, I think he would be fine. Kayshawn Boutte is dealing with a regime change and a quarterback change. Uh, you know, Coach, oh, Coach, oh, the, the boy who's, uh, who won the national top with the Tigers, he's gone. You got Brian Kelly down there now. Uh, and so, and I don't think that Kelly and Kayshawn Boutte really got along when he just got there he was you know injured in in off season and I think Kelly criticized him a little bit for that but this dude was super explosive as a sophomore let's see I've got some notes here you want to have a um uh receiving yard as a freshman receiving yards per team pass attempt you want that to be around like one or so uh as a freshman and he was up like one one point eight or so somewhere around there um and so Explosive freshman season, explosive sophomore season. Um, he's got a new quarterback now here in his third season, his junior. He's probably thinking about the NFL. So yeah, he's not. He is not producing, and he's been he's been on the field. He's not producing, but he's got a lot of other things going around that program. That LSU program isn't playing as well. So I I don't know how safe he is. Like. Right. Let's see how he tests, like if he's an elite athlete and he's going to command top 15 draft capital, which is what we projected after last season, then maybe we'll we'll feel safer about it. But at right now, you know, I know what Jackson Smith and Jigba is. I know what his role is. He's going to be a slot wide receiver. Hopefully he gets the volume. Um, he feels a little, just a little bit safer, even though Boutte has the higher upside because, you know, he's probably going to be a, a, an X or a flanker who's just stretching the field. So here's my question. You know, let's just say it's today. I mean, it isn't today, but it is today uh, that you have to make this decision. And so with what we know right now is the upside of guys like 
because because I'm thinking about going Zach Evans, right? And so is the upside of these two wide receivers, or even I should actually say the floor, because it's really like we see these guys come in the league and we're like, oh, yeah, look, they're good. You know what I mean? It's like Garrett Wilson, Olave, like they're yeah, oh, look, a good wide receiver is good in the NFL. What would what would you know? You know, and so they're starting to become pretty solid hits every single time with these top end wide receivers, but. These guys are just – there's so much questions. Like, uh, Boutte never really did too much. I know the program isn't, wasn't very pass-happy after, you know, Burrow left, and they haven't been very successful doing so. But Jackson Smith and Jigba totally dominated last year. I mean, he had 95 catches for over 1,600 yards, nine touchdowns, with a, a mm-hmm. couple of other studs on the field in Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave. To me, right. that's like the greatest accomplishment I've ever even heard of. So, to me, like – Maybe it's just, was he open? Because I mean, that doesn't even make sense. You, you earn targets. That dude performed with other great players on the field. So to me, that's something. Is he, he's, it's, look, for me, it's Zach Evans or Jackson Smith and Jigba. Talk to me here. What am I doing? Um, I, yeah, I don't have a problem you with You can't tell me what to Zach do, Evans but just here. tell me what you think, you know? No. So Zach Evans, I think, is going to be a, uh, second round or third round draft pick at, uh, you know, another slasher um, who who gets to the second level really efficiently, who can catch the ball. He was, he was a five-star recruit. I mean, Zach Evans really is what we thought he was. I don't have a problem with that at all. He's going to be, if he's drafted in the second or third round, he's going to be drafted with the intent of him being a bell cow. I mean, that's why, that's why those backs are taken in the second and third or third round. So yeah, it, I mean, do you want the bell cow running back or the you know Jackson the Smith and Jigba? Final answer. All right, JSN. I just took him. We'll yep. go JSN. JSN. For, final answer. I, I I don't know. I just feel like if he is a slot receiver and he's that good and he got that many targets while playing with those players, maybe at work, like not at worst, but maybe he's in the Amon Ra at the sort of at the worst. I mean, you know, like you know. And uh, at the best, he's in the Cooper Cup. You know, he could be in this sort of new slot type of player that's shown he can be super productive with other high quality targets around him at a great Mm -hmm. program against great competition at a super high level. Give me JSN. And I'm not thinking twice. So there we go. I made the right choice. The the listeners agree, right? Oh, yeah. They're, they're not going to have a problem with this, with yeah, you taking go. Jackson Smith and Jigba. I mean, a lot of people have him as the wide receiver one overall in college. But he has, you know, these shoulder dips and and and, uh, and foot fire to get past uh, defenders, nickelbacks really easily. He doesn't waste a lot of time getting uh, off his releases. Now, getting a release from, from the slot is a whole lot different than getting yes. a release when you're lined up at X or when you got a press, a, a, a press corner. It's different. Yeah. But he's very good at what it is that he does. Uh, and you made it easy for me. I'm taking Zach Evans here. All-purpose skill set, the requisite size, speed, athleticism, and the pedigree five-star uh, running back who produced as a freshman is producing now. He's missed some time at Ole Miss, but he's he's still producing. Zach Evans here. Hopefully, he gets drafted in the second round. That'll um, confirm uh, my belief that he's going to be drafted to be a bell cow for an NFL offense. While I have questions about the player I'm about to pick next, I also have love. I have a little bit of a mini love affair with Sean Tucker. So um, you're I'm about being... to take Sean Tucker? Yes. Okay. Yeah, you don't like it, do you? No, I no, I don't. I don't yeah, like it, it here. I like Sean Tucker the player, but I don't. But here at number, we're at number seven. I think that's a little rich. Well, you know, I mean, you've got your opinions. I've got mine. I mean, 
you know, let's just face it. I know very, very little about this, except that I have a small love affair with this player and I like watching him run fast down the sideline. So other than that uh, analysis, what are you going to tell me? Something really smart? No. Um, the <laughs> only, listen, if if Sean Tucker was like 5'11", 210, no. yeah. um, I'd be like, yeah. But it's the – I think that he's going to have the athleticism. I mean, we've got him over 21 miles per hour at uh, uh, campusdegan.com. He should run, you know, a sub 4'5". And I really think that that's all the speed that you need. He should jump really high. He should test really well. But he is a smaller package. So, you know, you're thinking about Austin – the Austin Eckler – type hopefully he gets he gets that austin eckler type usage um and and i i just i think that there are safer there there are wide receivers on the board that i expect to go in the first round and i just don't know yet where sean tucker is going to be drafted i still think that he's a value though scott i still think that he's going to be an excellent player i just think that there might be safer options on the board but you know there's no doubt there's safer options on the board i mean especially at wide receiver um, and there's, I wonder if you're going to, you know, sort of snipe me. I, I wasn't sure what you would do. And I thought maybe I could get both guys and I probably should have known you weren't going to take Tucker, but this just puts him where I love him. You're right. The, the dude, the downside of these running backs, if they don't like it's the Isaiah Spiller thing. Like, look, last year it, before the draft, I basically was like, you know, I, I wasn't interested in, and it turned out I was right on like Isaiah Spiller, but none of those running backs, I was like willing to push them way up the board pre-draft because if they don't get drafted, you know, it's JV and Hawkins all over again. It's like, Oh, he's, you know, top, you know, it's like, no, he's not. He's a no, he's not in the league. So like, you got to make sure these guys get drafted, you know, their, their college production and what you think of them and how we feel about them means very, very little. So I kind of agree with you that there are safer options just because of projected draft capital. And for that reason, you are a hundred percent, Correct, but the heart wants what the heart wants. Damn it, Felix <laughs> and Sean Tucker is the fucking pick. I uh, I don't want to make it seem like I don't think that Sean Tucker is a good player. I just I'm not I, the the problem that I have with him is I don't know what to expect as far as draft no projected capital. draft capital. Because you're right, a, you're right. He's a smaller it's that a smaller but yeah. So that's it's it. that simple. Uh, you're a hundred percent correct. I'm gonna go with. It's been between two players here, and I'm going to go with Jordan Addison from USC. Jordan Addison, uh, who won the Bolitnikoff Award uh, last year. What the hell, man? You're not supposed to be good at this. With Kenny Kenny Pickett. He is tearing it up again with uh, USC. I'm like – when you when you play USC, are you watching tape? This dude always finds himself behind the defense, behind corners and safeties, uh, streaking behind them. So I am uh, taking – Jordan Addison, who might be on that Devonta Smith spectrum, might be on that maybe a little more explosive uh, than him vertically, but I'm taking Jordan Addison here. Really good pick taking Kayshawn Boutte there. I, I'm going to go with Jordan Addison. Um, <laughs> uh, but a good pick by you, though. Good pick by you. <laughs> Michael P. Dungy, you write that down, that he went Boutte, and then I went Jordan Addison. Um, so Jordan Addison, by me, over, behind, just behind him. God dang it! I should have picked Addison instead of Tucker. Then I could have had them both, because there's no way you're taking Tucker. I wasn't. I, was theory, not, I would not Game have. theory fucked up over here. Let me just tell you. I would you, not have taken You're probably going to take that 5'6", 175-pound scat back over, <laughs> over Tucker, you crazy <laughs> motherfucker. 
How did I let this happen? Why do I why do I even do this? I'm There's just a lot loser. of good options. Still a lot of good options on the board. This this Jordan Addison is on the uh Devontae Smith spectrum, but he's also on the Devontae Smith spectrum when it comes to production. This was easily the pick, and I should have made it. And it's such a great pick. I mean, dude goes out in his true freshman year, posts over 660 yards receiving on 60 catches. Um, as you point out at Pitt, um, last year goes absolutely crazy for a hundred catches, almost 1600 yards and 17 touchdowns. He actually runs the ball too. Over those two seasons, he had run the ball, uh, 16 times for a touchdown or not 16 times for a touchdown, but 16 times plus a touchdown. So they, they sort of found ways to get him the ball this year, uh, with USC, the rushing attempts have gone away, but I think it proves to his dynamism, uh, he is supposedly six foot one seventy five here. I'm sure you have a different thing there, but either way, long and lean. Uh, we're hoping he probably yeah. weighs a little bit more. But this Jordan Addison, uh, when you just look at the profile, it's just incredible. So far in six games, he has 479 yards and six touchdowns. He basically averages a touchdown every time he he suits up. Um, this kid is 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 legit. Um, and you made a great pick, and I think he's locked into the top twenty in the in the NFL draft. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I, he could he could potentially be the first wide receiver drafted. That's not beyond the realm of possibility. He yeah, could also win the Bolitnikov again for a second time. Sheesh. Yeah, that he, honestly, he's on his way. I mean, he, he's having another great season. So. Now you put me in the blender again. I don't know what the hell to do. Am I supposed to take this Boutet kid? See, I'm just going to give you all the good players. It's fine. Don't worry about it. <laughs> so maybe it's a good time to talk about, uh, because it's tight end premium, this Michael Mayer. Is he mm-hmm. any good? Yep. Because there, so he's draft, draft Twitter I, thinks he's, uh, he's outstanding, you know? Yes. Fantasy Twitter doesn't seem to think so because uh, they see this slow lumbering guy. But I mm-hmm. see him as being a Jason Witten type. Where I think that he's always going to find he. Ha, I think he has great quickness for his size. This dude is two hundred and sixty five pounds. He is a mm. big dude. I think he's going to be a red zone threat. I think he's going to be a safety blanket. Is he Kyle Pitts athletically? No, mm. but I don't know that you need to be Kyle Pitts athletically to be fantasy relevant at tight end. So I like uh, uh, Michael Mayer. I have. He was right there with Eric Gilbert as far as being the top tight end in this class. Only one of them is going to actually declare for the NFL draft. And I think that Michael Mayer is going to get taken in the first round. I think he's a first round. He should be taken at the end of the first round. So I don't have a problem if you want to take him. I don't want to take him at all. Just so you know. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. And I I, I don't because I don't I'm not so sure about this one. Um, I definitely over. I don't think you need to. No, I definitely overdrafted Sean Tucker, but I'm going to go with Kayshawn Boutte. For me, I, I was thinking you might go Boutte and I could take Addison. I don't know why I was thinking that. It's actually stupid. But, um, but uh, you, of course, because you're too smart. But Boutte does have that sort of ceiling, and now that we're getting a little bit later into that first round, I feel a whole lot better taking Kayshawn Boutte. Um, you know, so the LSU product uh, who's, who's, who's scuffling a bit now but hopefully can – can uh, show what he's got. He's going to get drafted in the first round. So first round wide receiver with a great profile early declare. Yeah. Give, give that to me, please. I I've just run up to the podium to hand in my player card. Mm. And uh, I am taking Quentin Johnston 
from oh, yeah. TCU, Love that a six foot six foot four, two hundred and eleven pound <laughs> wide receiver oh, who can play the above the rim game. But the thing that's unique about Quentin Johnston is that he is excellent after the uh, after the catch, especially for his body type. So you can throw him. Just remember, remember when the um, uh, the Broncos when they had Peyton Manning, they would get Demarius Thomas going with these jailbreak screens. You could run that type of stuff with Quentin Johnson. He has some yak ability, and and you know. But yes, you can throw him the fades and all that stuff. A six foot four guy, but Quentin Johnson, I am running up to the table. I think there are potentially four. Let's see, one, two, three. Uh, actually, maybe five wide receivers who will be taken in the first round of the draft, and four of them are off the board. Quentin Johnston is one of them. You know, you know, Felix. This is when it would be better for me to have a pretty firm grasp on this class. I don't know what the hell to do. You know, I'll kind of go through my thought process. There's there's some quarterbacks, you know, I mean, people do like Will Levis. We talked a little bit about him last week. Uh, you were not giving him any ringing endorsements. These quarterbacks are a risk. It's all the, you know, uh, Matt Corral, uh, Sam Howell, you know, scares where they just fall into the fifth round and they're nobody. Uh, you'd rather pick someone who's going to have projected draft capital. Um, you know, there's some running backs available still for sure uh, that we talked about last week, some that we didn't. Um, there's some wide receivers that could even get first down, first round draft capital. And then there's a tight end who's definitely going to get first round draft capital. But I'm not as interested in that tight end. I'm just not. I think I'm between two players, and I don't know which one I'm going to do. So I'm going to do the one that I think that you might take because I'm a jerk. You know, I'm the fantasy receipts <laughs> okay. guy. I okay. like to expose people. I like to hurt people's feelings. That's what I do. <laughs> You know what I mean? That's what I am. I'm built that way as evidenced by all the Colbert gifts. Now, taking Josh Downs out of North Carolina, I don't love this pick, but we're at the 111 in a super flex draft, and I'm getting a a player that could be able to come in and and produce right away. He's going to probably be at least a second-round pick in the NFL draft, or I don't know, I would think so anyway. What say you, Felix, and who you got next? I love me some Josh Downs, man. Yes. I love I you could do one. so much stuff with Josh Downs. I love the players who give you a lot of options. Um, you know, if he's paired with a young developing quarterback, then they can uh I, just kind of like what I said with Quentin Johnston. They can use him on bubble screens and and kind of the short area stuff. But the thing about Josh Downs is he can be used along the seam. And we've seen this year him used in the red zone and him jump over um uh, cornerbacks and in between safeties and go up and get the ball uh, specifically against uh, Florida A&M. And um, he can also do what you would expect from a slot wide receiver, run the, the switch routes, the things that you see Hunter Renfro do, but Josh Downs coming into college, he ran a four, four, seven. Now I'm sometimes skeptical of the high school 40 times because I think sometimes they're just off, but he jumped 41 inches also. And he ran a he had a four one shuttle time. It's hard to fake the um, the explosive stuff, the the vertical. So I don't have a problem. He's very uh, versatile. I think that he's going to be taken at the end of the first round. I think that the NFL missed on Tyler Lockett, and you know GMs are probably still thinking about that. I think that Josh Downs <laughs> is on the Tyler Lockett spectrum. He's been productive. He didn't play much his freshman year, but obviously last year. Uh, with Sam Howell, he was kind of his only his only weapon, and he went for 101 catches, 1335, and eight touchdowns. 
So pretty good showing this year. I would guess that the quarterback play is down because his yards per catch are down to about 11 yards a catch. But he's still in four games, 28 catches, 300 yards. So he's he's getting it done. Uh, five touchdowns too. So clearly a a, a, a playmaker. He's missed like in two games. Game. He's missed two yeah. games during the season. So um, yeah, he, his stats are down a little bit, but he's missed some time. Yeah. So obviously, I made the right pick. Even when I make the wrong yeah, pick, I just did. switch him. I'm going to switch him pose in the post. You know, like watch this. I'll take Jordan Addison. Right. We'll just put that right in. <laughs> Michael P. Duncan will 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 blend that right back in, and all the uh, the good shit you said about him, it'll be like as if I picked him. We, we'll fix it all in post. <laughs> we'll fix all this in post. So, yep, I got Addison. You got Boutte. Really tough luck for you. I also get Downs. Who you got at the one twelve? At the one twelve, um, I know you don't like this player, but I, I can't. I'm going to take a, a tight end who's going to get first-round draft capital, probably uh, middle or end of the first round. Michael Mayer here at 112. Uh, you know, there's t- two running backs, one wide receiver that I would consider, but I don't think that any of those are going to be um, first-round draft picks. So it's kind of easy for me. You know, 265 pounds. Y- y- yes, you don't. He, does, he may not have the top-end breakaway speed that you think is so sexy with a guy like uh, Evan Ingram or, or Kyle Pitts. Um, Neither, neither of whom are producing, by the way, through this year. But well, actually, Evan Ingram's being is, is okay. But um, yeah. I like Michael Mayer's quickness for his size. I think that he's going to be somebody who presents like a Jason Witten level target for a at Fryermuth. Um, sure, sure, absolutely. And he yeah. again, like this dude is tall and big. So who yep. do you and reliable if you have a, a yep. quarter, and reliable? He's going to be yep. – He's. I think he's going to be just fine, and I think that he's going to be a good PPR quarterback – uh, excuse me, a big, a good PPR tight end, even if he doesn't have, like, the big plays and big games that you all are expecting from someone like, uh, like Kyle Pitts. Well, now we get into round two where I don't know any of the players' names. You so want me to recap be- really quick? I can recap because yeah, I get all the picks. So, yeah, number one, uh, Bijan Robinson. Number two, C.J. Stroud. Number three, Bryce Young. Number four, Jameer Gibbs. Number five, Jackson Smith and Jigba. Uh, number six, Zach Evans. Number seven, Sean Tucker. Number eight, Jordan Addison. Number nine, Kayshawn Boutte. Number 10, Quentin Johnston, which may be the best value Thus far, number 11, Josh Downs, and number 12, Michael Mayer, the tight end. Yes. I think that's a pr- – actually, I, I kind of like that, except for I'd, I'd move Tucker past uh, Addison for sure. I would never – like if you just said, Scott, go for it, do it again, I'd be like, no, 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 give me – yeah, Addison I love. I, and, you know, I don't know exactly what he's going to be. I think you're right, but that's for sure. So so now the, the 2.01 came away with – Bijan Robinson and that that dude's back on the clock trying to rebuild his team trying to make something happen just needs good players wherever he can get them I'm not reaching for anything I'm not doing anything I'm just picking more good players and I don't know who the good players are so this puts me at a, a significant disadvantage in, in this exercise um so I'm just gonna go oh my god this is so hard because you have like Tank Bigsby but I don't know about Tank Bigsby. There's another running back I want to take. You know what? Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to do this, even though I think it's – I'm not in love with this player, but I think he's going to be a, a first-round quarterback, and for that reason, he's going to hold value. 
I'm just going to take Will Levis here just because it, it feels like it should happen at some point here. And because I don't know any of the other guys' names, I'm just going to take the quarterback out of Kentucky, Will Levis, who should be a top 15, maybe a top five, potentially, as those quarterbacks climb sometimes. Top, you know, top sixty pick, maybe a top sixty, top 60? Pick there for for uh, for Will for Will Levis. No, hey. look, you and I both are are questioning, but do you really think the NFL will agree with what you're saying? Like, here's what I'm saying: like everywhere I look, I look at mock drafts everywhere. Now, look, mock drafts have been wrong before. So if you're mm-hmm. right, I love this. By the way, I love that you're going against it because I'm with you as far as what I see. But do you really, really think that the NFL will actually fade this guy? That's a, that's my real question. I think Will Levis has more flaws than Sam Howell did, and I think Matt Corral totally probably had a, a better arm talent. So last year kind of changed my perspective uh, as far as what the NFL is willing to do at the quarterback position. I That's just great. I, I, I people can call me out when he's taken in the first round. I do not see first round ability in Will Levis. I just don't. Yeah, he I don't have, have a problem with what you're saying, man. So, yeah, yeah, I love it. I, I think it's great analysis because it's what I'm asking you. You know, you, it's easy to come out here and go, "Well, it looks like it." You know, look, I see what it looks like. I'm looking for the window in, and you've been right a lot before. You know, we've had you on so many times. Whether it's Ramondre Stevenson, Elijah Mitchell, you know, let's just face it. You and I have have unearthed some very good winners when we have when we have spoken mainly because i've just asked you what you think and you just go ahead and tell me that's how i've unearthed them but i don't know how the hell you do it but great job I, i'm i'm with you on this will levis thing i'm very very skeptical glad we had the conversation at 2.01 the Bijan team just suffered a plummeting blow 2.02 who you got yeah this is tough it's getting a little bit tighter um i think there are three or four wide receivers that could go in the second round that we could consider here and um, I'm having a hard time picking between them. I'm just going to pick somebody. I'm going to go Cedric Tillman here from Tennessee. Hmm. Uh, Cedric Tillman, a I didn't think lanky. you had him that high when we were talking a little bit pre-show, my friend. I feel like this is a pretty significant snipe. Nicely played. Yeah, it's it's. So I thought that Sean Tucker would have fallen to this area, and I would have you know again run to the podium and, and taken Sean Tucker. Um, and I didn't take Tank Bigsby because I don't. I'm not confident that Tank Bigsby comes out this year. Now we, huh. we can still take him here at some point, but I'm not. He's having a terrible year. Mm-hmm. That program is terrible. I still think that he is an excellent player. I think that he is a a, a plus version of David Montgomery. And David Montgomery has had his pr- productive times. Um, so I've still liked Tank. Tank Bigsby, but again, I just don't know that he's going to come. I'm going to take this long, lanky wide receiver, this possession wide receiver in Cedric Tillman. You know, I said you sniped me, but actually I hate this Cedric Tillman guy. I mean, he's a big 6'3", 215. Here's what I don't like. I've never seen him play. Don't know. Couldn't pick him out of a lineup. But I did look up his his stats, and just his stats alone are frightening. Freshman, look, he was a freshman, true freshman in 2018. 18, 19, and 20, he had one four and three total catches. That was it. So he did absolutely jack squat his first three seasons. Now he's a red shirt senior after last year, posting a thousand yards. Good for him. Finally, as a, as a, as a, basically a, a senior now as a red shirt senior, he's playing. Okay. Whatever pass sucker. You got nothing to say about that? No, I mean, he was a late breakout. And it, that's the flaw in his. But but t- two of the three wide receivers that I'm considering here are later 
breakout. Yeah. So, um, right. You know, uh, this is the second round. They're going to have some flaws, but he that dude let's, is six is six three and he can move well. Let Let's go with Let's go with my guy, the guy that I think has breakaway breakaway abilities in the NFL. I'm not sure where they play him and what they do with him and how he's utilized. But if he gets draft capital and it is a creative team, I want Devin A. Chain on my team. So I'm just going to pick Devin A. Chain. I think it's a little early. It's at the 2.03. Um, you know, who knows? I mean, a lot can happen between now and then, but there's some buzz that he's going to get draft uh, consideration in the second and third round. If he goes there and he goes to a team that's, you know, one of these high-powered teams and he can be used a la Austin Eckler as a sort of a, you know, a passing game weapon, a slasher, and a big play waiting to happen at all times. Uh, you could do a lot worse than than that type of player here at the 2.03 in a rookie draft. What do you think? Totally whiffed it, right? Yeah, yeah um, I don't have a problem with this at all. Devin Achain, I think he has a sub 10, 500 meter dash. I mean, you're yes. talking about a dude who's a legitimate, legitimately could you know, go train and be an Olympic athlete. Um, so if you're taking an Olympic athlete here in the second round, I don't have a problem with that. He's been productive. He was more productive than uh, Isaiah Spiller last year in that same right. backfield, more efficient than Isaiah Spiller. Um, and again, like this is a value. This is in the second round. If he gets th- third or even early fourth round draft capital, by the way, I'm I'm not afraid of running backs who are drafted in the fourth round anymore. Damian Pierce, Ramondre Stevenson, uh, Alvin yep. Kamara was a third round round pick. Uh, uh, Jeff Wilson, undrafted free agent. Austin Eckler, yep. undrafted free agent. These are all guys that you're starting in fantasy in, fan, in fantasy this week. So I don't have a problem like with with guys taking on the third and fourth. Khalil round. Herbert, no yep. all these guys, yeah, for sure, yes. Absolutely, no problem with. Yeah, and I, I think uh, I think you're drafting a little bit more of the talent than you're drafting anything else. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I, I don't know. Like, you know, you see a guy like this, and you start thinking like Tariq Cohen, Naheem Hines. You know, Naheem Hines was a burner. You know, was able to carry a pretty heavy load at the college level, and then he got really pigeonholed as a you know as a as a change of pace only. And a you know when Jonathan Taylor goes down, uh, you know he still has the same role. He doesn't change and become this lead back. He is what he is in the NFL, and he's he's pigeonholed into that. I'm not sure if A-Chain would get pigeonholed into that role, and that's what is a little bit I'm trying to figure out. Does that make sense? Like I'm wondering if he can be more than Naheem Hines and be more Austin Eckler. That I don't know. I remember Naheem Hines at North Carolina State, and I feel like he'd share the backfield with um, – I'm forgetting the tight end – slash running back who the Pittsburgh Steelers drafted. Uh, and, and it'll come to me, Michael, if you can let me know here in the comments, I can't remember that guy's, uh, that guy's name. Um, anyway, um, no, I think that Devin Achain is more of an interior rusher, has more inside running ability than, than Naheem Hines does. Naheem Hines is also small, but somehow a high cut runner, which doesn't make sense to me. Um, Devin Achain a little bit lower to the ground. I think that he, he will have a role on first and second downs. He won't just be a gadget guy. Won't just be a, a screen guy. Um, good pick here at fifteen, uh, the two hundred three. All right, so I'm here at 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 sixteen again. At any point here, if if Tank Bigsby declares for the NFL draft, I think that he is the pick here. I just don't know that he he is going to declare, so I'm not going to to take him here. I'm going to go ahead with the wide have the wide receiver run continue, and I'm going to take take 
Marvin Mims from Oklahoma. Uh, I probably could have taken him where I took Cedric Tillman. He's been productive since he was a, a true freshman, one of our earliest breakouts, really a stretch slot wide receiver, 5'11", 184 pounds. I think that he's going to run, you know, 4'3"-ish, 4'4"-ish right there. There's a whole lot of slot wide receivers in this draft class. He's one of them, um, but very tough at the catch point too. Somebody who will go up and get the ball. This is the second round. I feel good about Marvin Mims. And now all of this could change with landing spot, but imagine this, somebody like this landing, you know, with your boy Gabe Davis and, uh, and, um, Josh Allen Josh there Allen. in Buffalo. Get out of here. Get out of here. Another deep threat. So I like me some Marvin Mims here, especially this value in the second round. Yeah, Marvin Mims, total L from 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 Felix there again. I mean, I can't believe it. He's just handing me this draft on a silver platter since uh, this Addison kid. Ever since then, it's been downhill for you. I, I just can't believe it. Um, but yeah, Mims, total, total, total loser pick. Um, I don't. I never heard of him. Uh, but anything with Mims has me with the PTSD because I was a little too high on Denzel Mims. Uh, Fantasy receipts, excuse me, me can retweet that shit because I've got some some bad Mims takes. Um, I'll be sure to look them up and tweet them out from my secondary account, Fantasy Receipts. Anyway, back to the. I can't believe you left me for Zay Flowers. I'm taking Zay Flowers. This is a 2.05 right here. I am nabbing mm-hmm. Zay Flowers. You know. You can tell me, Felix, I, you know, just in terms of the profile, the size, the utilization, the way this kid plays, I'm getting a little bit of Deontay Johnson vibes. Am I, uh, am I maybe dancing on the, uh, on the right, uh, stones here? Deontay Johnson, um, with, with Zay Flowers. I think Deontay Johnson was such a good route runner at Toledo. What I mean by that, so good at changing direction. I don't necessarily see that level of su- – but, I mean, I thought Deontay Johnson was like on an elite level at Toledo. I don't necessarily see that from, uh, say, Flowers. Still very good player. I mean, I've got – I got – I've got – and, Jax, you've mentioned rankings a lot on this show. You can find all of my rankings at campustocanton.com. You can see where I have Zay Flowers, Quentin Johnson, all of these guys. I don't have a problem with that particular pick. He's been very productive also. Been productive as a freshman. Um, but I kind of think that if the NFL was, like – wanted him he would have left last year because he was draft eligible that's true last year a little bit smaller might be soft but has been a in another player who's dynamic after the catch so no no issue with that here i still like marvin mims better (laughs) marvin mims better you would (laughs) never heard of either guy i'm sure they're both wonderful wonderful guys um All right, it's 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 my pick here. We're gonna keep the wide receiver train rolling. All right, Jackson, I want you to look up this guy's stats when uh, uh, here as I'm talking about him. Jacob Cowing at Arizona. Jacob Cowing at Arizona. He was a freshman in 2019. He had 500 yards that season, 600 yards his his second season, and then broke out in 2021 for a UTEP team before he transferred um, to Arizona. I think if we're looking for a guy to be the Sky Moore of this class, now Sky Moore actually, is a you missed your opportunity. This is the Deontay Johnson of the class. Yes, there you go, there you go. <laughs> Another slot wide receiver, five eleven, one hundred seventy five pounds. Very dynamic player. Very dynamic player. Um, 
I think I have him 13 overall as far as uh, wide receivers and probably the highest on him at campusdecanton.com. We've got him coming into high school over like 21.5 miles per hour. He's going to be explosive. I think that we see him shoot up draft boards uh, during the process, during February, during March, before we get to the NFL draft. I see we, I see we say uh, Jacob Cowling sees a big shoot up draft boards. I'm taking Jacob Cowling here. All right, I, I see – I'm looking at my boy, my man, uh, Kyle, Kyle Larson, who does our Debbie rankings, and he has Jermaine Burton uh, in this realm. But he hasn't separated himself at all so far this year as I look at the stats because, of course, I don't watch the games. What? Tell me about Jermaine Burton and why I should or should not take him right here because I need your help with these picks. Jermaine Burton – flashed as a freshman i think it was a game against Ole miss where he had like 175 yards receiving something like that if he had not had that game i don't know where his value would be however he was the fastest man at the combine in uh, excuse me at the opening which is essentially the combine for high school kids in 2019 ran a 441 he has speed and explosiveness we thought that he was going to go to alabama transfer from georgia go to alabama and resume the Jamison Williams role be that X wide receiver that player who can make plays all over the field down the field be uh, Bryce Young's deep target it hasn't been that way and they don't have a whole lot in that wide receiver core at Alabama it's uh, a big topic of discussion in the Devi and C2C community the fact that we haven't seen a breakout one of these Alabama wide receivers breakout right and that includes Jermaine Burton he is not having a productive season you, that's fine. You take him here. I don't know that he's de- going to declare for the NFL draft. Now, he if right. he does, he tested great coming into into college. I think that he'll go and test well, but he has not ber- been as productive as we thought he would be. For that reason, I am going to take Blake Corum from Michigan. Tell me why I'm an idiot. <laughs> You're this size. Size is the only is the only. I don't think that you're an idiot. He would have been, you know, right around here for me, too. Um, <laughs> size is the only. He's probably, five, you know, five. Eight, I thought you eight. were laughing at me, so I was like, "Well, here it comes." He's going to tell me I'm I'm, I'm crazy. I'm laughing. Do you at like you switching, it, switching it up? Yeah, 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 um, yeah. that's yes. how I roll. I, th- I think I do. I think I do. Yeah. The only question for him is is, is really his size, um, but he's been again very productive. Probably a. Even though he's small, he's going to have the requisite BMI. He's a stocky player, yeah. and we we need one of these five eight five nine running backs to kind of break the glass ceiling at that position, so we can get excited about Deuce Vaughn later. Well, Deuce Vaughn is draft eligible, so maybe he gets taken yeah. here. But there's a there's another uh, smaller running back at Washington State named Jalen Jenkins, who's in that Deuce Vaughn role. We need one of these guys, or I should say continue in the lineage of Austin Eckler, these smaller wide receivers that NFL uh, uh, teams take a chance on. And Blake Corum could be one of those guys. He could be one of those guys. Well, I, I mean, you know, at this point, you're just looking like, you know, you're looking for players that you're not going to be like total crap out that are going to do something. I mean, obviously in the second round, once we get a little bit closer to – you know, the 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 real NFL draft, we're going to have a lot more certainty. We're going to have a lot more information. But as of this point, I just like I like picking names out of a hat and listening to Felix tell me all about them. So you're up, brother. It's uh, Blake Corum over to you. 
I'm putting both Jermaine Burton and Blake Corum there for you. No, uh, I didn't take Mr. Jermaine, Falcone. but I said, why should I? Shouldn't I? I said, I needed help. <laughs> oh, okay. I don't want okay, Burton. Okay. He's yours if you okay. want him. If you okay. want him, he's no, yours. I don't want him. I don't want him. I know you he, don't. He That's why I figured it fault. out. I'm trying to. This is my research. Gonna, I mean, it's on the fly. I'm going to take Rakeem Jarrett here, and we talked a little bit. I think that was off air. We talked a yes. little bit about Rakeem Jarrett, another that player who's been rise through the through the draft process. He was a five star prospect. He could have went to Alabama, could have gone to Ohio State, could have gone to any of these programs. He decided to go to um, Maryland. Has 800 yards receiving as a sophomore. Now we were still kind of disappointed with Jermaine Burton. We thought that we would see him really produce when uh, the other wide receiver on the team. Um, uh, Demas, when he was injured at the end of the season, we thought that we would see Jermaine Burton kind of put up crazy numbers. He didn't, but he's still a very good player and a very good athlete and built the way I think we want to see today's you know modern X wide receiver built. It's not the six foot four guys who are producing. It's the guys who are six foot, 210 pounds, who are kind of a load for cornerbacks to deal with after the catch. That's Jermaine Burton. Is going to run a four four something. Drop forty. He's on Bruce Feldman's freak list. Forty one inch vertical, um, uh, sub four five speed, probably sub four four speed. So I think, I think I got a big value when I took Jordan Addison there at number eight, and I'm getting a good value here at pick nineteen I, I overall totally with Raheem Jarrett. Yeah, yeah. Raheem Jarrett was at the top of my list. I don't know. I just kind of went off it a little bit with Blake Corum, but yeah, I I, I wasn't sure. I, I don't know who's next. You know, I don't know who you're going to take. So I'm trying to just pick names out of a hat. But Rakeem Jarrett was right there for me. Uh, seems like a an NFL body and an NFL athlete yeah. and some production oh, yeah. to go along with it. Be excited to see what the what the NFL thinks of him. And I'll be excited to see him play the first down of football I ever watch him play in my life. Um, <laughs> You know, it, it's going to be. And you're great. a New England uh, guy. You should be watching this this Maryland football team. Yeah, yeah, sure, of course. I've got plenty of time to just sit down and watch Maryland football. You know, forget about you guys. I mean, does New look, England watch a, include Maryland? Does it include no. Maryland? Does that include no? No, okay. no, I'm, no, I'm no, idiot, no, no, so, no. So, Maryland okay. is not in the New England. We're we're all the the you know the the pioneer states. You know, with Maryland. Gotcha. I mean, excuse me, Maine, New Hampshire, Vermont, Rhode Island, Connecticut, Massachusetts. That's boom. Okay. That's it. Okay. Okay, Con- Connecticut. You know, Connecticut. I went to you know, we, I went we to often, public school as New so. England. Yeah, as New Englanders, we usually you know Connecticut can go fuck themselves. They they're part of New York. <laughs> you know, a lot of times because there's a lot of New Jersey, New York guys in in Connecticut. Connecticut oftentimes we just sacrifice to New York and New Jersey, and then New England is Rhode Island's us. That's us. You know, we're we're Rhode Island, we're Massachusetts, and then of course the three crazy northern states, which you know you really don't want to go in there at night. Uh, you want to be very careful. You can get lost, turned around. Next thing you know, you know it's deliverance up there. You got to be very, very careful up, especially in Maine. Maine is filled with a lot of weirdos. Someone tells you if you're dating to, someone, just, if you're dating someone, they tell you from they're from Maine. End the relationship immediately. I just want some lobster. I just want yeah, some. That, I want to go upstairs right. for some lobster. Yeah. But, okay. but that's and the it, thing is you just go to Maine, just to the just to the edge of Maine on the coast. You don't go into the big center of Maine. That's where the trouble is. You just go up on the coast where the lobsters are. You buy those. You come back down into civilization. It's just like a little spot you go to. You don't go into the full 
breath of Maine. You're very you're in danger up there. Okay, I'm just gonna let you know. So this is just a Dynasty Game Theory 101. Everybody who's been there knows it's a, it's a dangerous space. All right, listen, gotcha. I'm gonna go with a, a player that I've also never seen play, but I think he's the reason why one of your players is any good to begin with, and it's Hendon Hooker, the quarterback out of Tennessee. I see my boy Ray G throwing up some uh, some highlights of this kid. He looks like he's got an arm. It's all projection. He's an old prospect. I get it. But at this point in the draft, if he gets any draft capital, he's a he's a player who runs the football. You, you can probably poke a lot of holes in this player, but at the end of the day, I think the tools are there for him to be a high upside uh, fantasy asset in the NFL if he if he can find his way on the field, eh? Uh, yeah, I I agree. <laughs> All right, I'm struggling a little bit here because I think that Hendon Hooker was at Virginia Tech. He wasn't never considered to be, you know, some sort of NFL player at all. Not even a not first round draft pick, any draft pick at all. And Hendon Hooker was not considered to be, you know, some NFL prospect. But he's there Joe with Burrow. Josh Heupel. With very true, <laughs> uh, there with there with Josh Heupel uh, at Tennessee. Heupel has a, a high octane, high tempo, spread it out offense, and he's been successful in that one. I I think that Hendon Hooker might be like a journeyman backup level player. Yes. However, I would do want to take this time to because I you know what's my purpose in being here and being on your show and your platform. I want your audience to start watching and start paying attention to college football in Tennessee. That Tennessee program has a kid coming in next year who could be uh, an elite NFL prospect in Nico Iamalieva. They're in, in California. He's going to Tennessee, but he's in, in your state in California. He's been known as the $8 million man signed an $8 million NIL deal before Ooh. he went to college. So, um, you know what? Fine. You take you take Hendon Hooker. That's hey, fine. Now. But but I want the audience to pay attention to next this this spring. Come this spring when Tennessee is practicing, Nico Iamalieva, um, in next fall is a name that you're going to want to pay attention to. Playing in the same offense that has everyone thinking Hendon Hooker is some first round NFL draft pick. I'm, I'm going to want to. That's a name I'm going to want to be interested in paying attention how to pronounce it but other than that i love it uh th- this is why you're on the show when you say my my you know you want the the audience to start watching college football what you really mean is you want me to start watching college football because uh, you know the audience is watching they hear me and they just I'm, they they face palm and eye roll the whole time i've already got you in a c2c league i've already got you man i've already got five you and, oh. and by the way but yeah five and oh i'm i who's got the most points scored in that league though Felix Your boy, your boy's got the most points scored, and he just Felix added Sharp. Kyler Murray, Stephon Diggs, and Nick Chubb. There was a trade. There was a trade. <laughs> yes, there was a trade. <laughs> That's what's great Wait, about what, CTC what? leagues. Yes, yes. So I, tra- this I traded. <laughs> I traded. I traded Caleb Williams and Marvin Harrison Jr. And a first round supplemental pick for Nick Chubb, Kyler Murray, and Stephon Diggs. So now my running backs are Jonathan Taylor, Brees Hall, and Nick Chubb. My wide receivers Wait. are Devontae Adams and um and Stephon Diggs. I'm coming but for you. But that's not I'm fair. That's you. a good move. And whoever did the <laughs> other part of that is a bad move, and they did it for you, and you're gonna beat me now. That's not fair. I don't 
I don't know. I don't know. But that's it's so much fun. In in C2Cs, you can make these cross-league trades. You can trade college players for NFL players. Boy, you can oh trade NFL players for college players. And boy, oh boy. I mean, I don't remember I being roster. offered Kyler Murray, Nick Chubb, and who else? Diggs? What the? F- <sighs> All right, all right. Now I'm crapped out. Up, now I'm crapped out on this whole good deal. Players, though, my goodness. I mean, you're 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 shitting on my pick, Hen and Hooker. Who are you going to take? Let me see if I can ever hear of him. Never mind. Uh, make fun of him. Go for it. Yeah, we did just take a a little bit of a detour there. I think oh, I'm no. going to take Kenny McIntosh from um, Georgia. Now Georgia has been known to have. Uh, a running back stable, and and these guys are projected to the NFL. I mean, if you are a Georgia running back, that means something in the NFL. I don't know that Kenny McIntosh, excellent receiver, a bigger body than a James Cook type. Um, I don't know that he's as sexy as James Cook because James Cook had some of the downfield plays, and I don't know that Kenny McIntosh presents that type of ceiling. But an all-around like solid player, either a B minus or C plus in every area. And we're at, we're here at the end of the second round. He could find himself getting, you know, fourth round draft capital and find himself getting a spot and, uh, and can do just about everything well. So I'm going to take Kenny McIntosh here at t- pick 20, pick 21. Never heard of him. Never heard of him. <laughs> Terrible pick. Terrible pick. <laughs> what position does this guy play? I mean, you just went on running and on. I didn't even He's hear a running back. He's a running back. I running mean, back never Georgia. heard of him. Running never back heard of Georgia. Him. Terrible, okay. terrible pick. Okay. All right. All I right. mean, it's one thing after another. Bad trades, then bad picks. It's really – it's starting to get embarrassing. Um, so, I don't want to pick Anthony Richardson, but he feels like a player that should be drafted at some point here. Um Oh my gosh, this is hard when you don't know these guys. I mean, that makes it a little bit more difficult. Um, what about, let me ask you a question about this guy, because I don't think he's coming out based off what I hear, but what about Jace McClellan out of Alabama? You know, obviously the the lineage there is pretty solid. Yeah. Um, what do you think of this guy? And do you think he comes out? And if so, is he worth a pick here? I would be surprised if he came out because he hasn't spent one season as the starter just yet, but was an elite athlete going into uh, Alabama, which is why, I mean, you look at Debbie rankings, C2C rankings across any platform. And in last year, he would have been at the very least in the top 15, probably still is, but he did suffer an ACL injury last season. And he's backing up Jameer Gibbs there at Alabama and is playing very well. Like we thought, that uh, he would from that class of 2020. Um, I don't think that he's going to come out because, you know, you got to put that one season where you're the starter and you're productive and you have, you know, 1400 yards rushing. He can do that. He can absolutely do that. And next year, I think next year is the year for Jason McClellan, but I don't see him um, coming out this year. Yeah, I totally agree. What I think I know I'm going to pick. I'm going to ask because what about uh, the tight end from Georgia Gilbert? I, so he hasn't played this season. So Eric Gilbert, for those who don't know, was the number one ranked tight end in 24-7 sports ranking history. He was the highest rated tight end recruit coming in ever. Uh, number two is Greg Olson, the old uh, Seattle and Carolina Panthers and Bears uh, tight end. But he is he did not play last year. He left the team. 
He's had some like personal issues and he hasn't played this year. He's not draftable. I don't think any team is going to spend any amount of draft capital on him because he hasn't been reliable and you have to be reliable in the NFL. Right. You're, we're on two seasons now where he hasn't played. So, um, and he's not hurt. Throat, he's not. Oh, I don't know if he's hurt. I don't know what's going I, on. I don't with know. Him. I mean, like I've, I've noticed like he, you know, he was, I remember this legendary player, this legendary guy. And then all of a sudden he's not playing. I'm like, I don't, I, you know, again, I don't follow closely. I'm like, Oh, maybe he got hurt. Maybe there's Do some you mind, field. Can kids, I throw but, can I throw some names out here? I just want to throw a couple of names yeah, out here please, for the audience. Of course, to I need some names. Choose. I need names more than sure, I need sure. life sure. itself at this point. <laughs> yes. Uh, Rasheed Rice from SMU. Uh, Rasheed Rice, a wide receiver who's uh, you know going to run fast and um, uh, uh, I think will be a good player. Jaden Reed, I think, who has some return ability and run after the catch ability from Michigan State. I like him around this area. Zach Charbonnet. The Michigan to yeah. UCLA transfer. He, he's a six foot two, two hundred twenty seven, two hundred thirty pound player who's going to uh, at least, at the very least, be used on first and second down. If you think of you know an AJ Dillon type, um, you mentioned a you mentioned a tight end from Georgia. Well, Georgia has four tight ends, legitimately four tight ends who are probably going to be a first or second round draft picks. Eric Gilbert, if he can get his stuff together, he will eventually be. Um, Brock Bowers, who will be in the 2024 class. Darnell Washington, who's six foot eight, 270 pounds. He will probably be a, a second round draft pick, and he is eligible in 2023. And then Oscar Delp, who is just athlete, one of the most athletic players in this class at the position. He's going to be in the class of 2025. Um, yep. But but Darnell Washington. He he would he's going to be in the NFL. He could play. Ta- they could probably have him gain thirty pounds, and he'll be a a, a left tackle um, because he is six a six eight, but big athletic guy. Uh, so Darnell Washington, if you want a, a Georgia tight end, he's one. Um, uh, so those are the names. I'm kind of and it, it, again, if Tank Bigsby declares, he would have been selected already. So we've got two more picks to close out the second round here. Well, I mean, gosh, I mean, I should take Tank Bigsby, I suppose. Um, I wonder if you got your Deuce Vaughn love. Um, did I did I ask about if Kendall Milton is any good at Georgia? <sighs> Kendall Milton hasn't shown enough yet. He hasn't operated. And with a large share of the touches there at Georgia, it's been Kenny McIntosh, who after um, uh, this season has been deployed after James Cook left. Kenny McIntosh has been used as the starter. So I he, he's one that I man, I think that he's going to go back to school. But at the same time, they've got two running backs there in and in Andrew Paul and Branson Robinson, who could push. Uh, Kendall Milton out right I, I don't have a problem with that he, he was a high pedigree player hasn't been as productive as we would like but that's what Georgia does they share their they share touches there uh in that program and he just hasn't commanded a majority of them at any point during his career so what about, do what is it will. I mean what about there, there's a bunch of guys like what about Dwayne McBride is he coming out I yes he I think so so Dwayne this McBride kid is just ripping is, people off. In la- in last year, 
Last year, Georgia had this historic defense, this defense that yeah. was shutting everybody down. This little, you know, he's not little, 5'10", 225 pound running back from UAB had the second most yards rushing against that Georgia defense with like 69. I don't think they'd allowed a 100-yard rusher. I love uh, Dwayne McBride. Now well, I'm taking he's him a, then. Give me Dwayne McBride. He's a two-down player. He can't catch the ball, but he is explosive. Well, we don't know. No, if he he's got no. He's got good hands. I've learned. He's got. I remember back in high school, he used to catch the ball. He threw it in the backyard with his buddies at practice at UAB. They throw it to him all the time. This guy is going to be a pass catcher out of the backfield. You just wait. You just wait, Felix. You're going to be eating those words. This guy, he's got great hands. Dwayne McBride, FT Dubs. Let's go. Yeah, I'm trying to think of who I would compare him to, and um, I, I, you know, Gus Edwards comes to mind. Mm. Gus Edwards might be a little. He, so let me, um, let me ask you this. I mean, he, he, look, I don't think Gus Edwards. This kid was nine point three, six point seven, and seven point four yards per carry in college. Like, I know that that's like, I know, I understand it can be the team and they're just better than the competition and he's just running through gaping holes and we'll find out. It's like the Daryl Henderson thing. I remember when Daryl Henderson was having his great season for Memphis, I was like, wow, I got to see this kid and he's good. But when you watched it, it was like, Oh, he's, you could drive a truck through that. You know I mean? He was, he had some, he had some lanes. And so, you know, it's like, I don't know. I don't know if the, but by those numbers, an average of 7.3 yards per carry on 338 career college touches pretty fucking good you won't get any argument from me on him okay Um, i've got tweets uh bringing out Dwayne mcbride highlights i don't have a problem with that pick at all All let me close out the second round here with i'm just gonna do this i'm gonna go with mayan williams ohio state uh he is now sharing backfield touches with Travion Henderson, who everyone mm. is considered, you know, p- probably for the 2024 class RB1. But Mayan yes. Williams is a fighter. He is a fighter. It's a boxing match every single carry. He's got 26 broken tackles on the year, just uh, by <clears> comparison. <throat> B. John Robinson, who is probably, you, you took 101. He's got 49. So, yeah. um, uh, and B. John Robinson is, is, has a full time workload. I love. Mayan Williams, and if he declares for this draft, he doesn't have to. He can go back. Um, he's got eligibility left. I think that he's going to present a real value. This is my Ramondre Stevenson. Okay, yeah, that's what I'm saying. That this this is my yeah. Ramondre Stevenson, Mayan Williams. Yeah, he's uh, he he's listed here as five eight two twenty seven. That's um, is he, so he's a big dude, a, eh? A, a CJ Anderson body type, but yes. with a lot of fight. Yeah, man, I like this. What what a, what a player! Also, seven point four yards a carry uh, over his career. So I mean, he's six four, seven two, seven eight over the first three years at Ohio State. Albeit not a ton of touches, ten seventy one and sixty four carries in in the subsequent years. But this year, like you say, a little bit more. He's getting more uh, looks per game as he's averaging more than 10, 10 carries per game, and he's still seven point eight eight touchdowns. So he's been very very effective here in his junior season. I love this. Um, a couple of catches. I mean, he's got nine last year, four this year, about a catch a game. So, I mean, it's not like he's completely boxed out of the passing game. As a matter of fact, he may be one of these guys that if he comes back to school next year, he could have a, a gigantic year and maybe be used in the passing game 
and maybe show things to the NFL and, and become a, a, a much higher pick next year. But the problem is Travion Henderson because he's never going to exactly. get the full right. runway. Am I right? I mean, because right. this kid, no, you're right. you know, is a sophomore and he's, he's coming out next year. He has to play this year. So if Travion were a junior coming out, this kid could have some runway, but he just doesn't have it. Am I right? Yeah, he, he so Travion Henderson's there. Travion Henderson is always going to be a big part of that offense. So you're never going to see Mayan yep. Williams, except for in spurts, get a majority of the workload. But when he has, this is a Ohio State went to the national championship uh, in 2020, Mayan Williams freshman year. This is a three star prospect that commanded touches in the national championship game. A three star prospect with, with all of wow. those, you know, Ohio State guys. So, um, uh, you know, you can. Uh, uh, search my t- t- my tweets with my Williams highlights. I mean, I got a lot of them there. This is a good player. This is a good player, even though he's a backup or considered a backup. But when he gets the full workload, he's a player that you have to buckle your chin strap when you are playing him. You got to buckle your chin strap. You better wear some extra padding because he brings a load. He's he's that he's got that the small low center of gravity, and he will run through you. This is I love closing out this draft with Mayan Williams. And closing out with buckling your chin strap. You better buckle your chin strap when you come at the fantasy receipts because my alternate uh, Twitter account is just as strong as my main account. I don't think there's any question about that. I think you guys know that I am in anonymity as I run that account. Nobody knows it's me. I'm doing it out of anonymity. So anonymously, I'm running that account publicly. And I want you to know you are on notice. Don't come at me because I'll run over to my other account and put you on blast. So on that note, Felix Sharp, thanks for being awesome. Thanks for uh, for, for teaching me and, and the listeners a ton about this class. I don't know nothing, but I think I held up pretty well. I faked it till I made it, and here we are. So at the end of it, thanks for being here. Say, say goodbye to the folks, and uh, we'll, we'll sign off, sir. Check me out at campustocanton.com. Check me out at Sharp Review on Twitter, um, playing a C2C next year. I've got Scott in one, but he's got, he's cheating. He's got Kyle running this college team, which is not fair, which is not fair. Next year, we're going to get you your own team and you're going to use our rankings. Yes. That's, there you go. You can kick Kyle out. I'm not going to do that. Me and Kyle are you. I'll help you. I'll help you. Yeah. Well, uh, maybe we'd win both of them that way instead of me just, um, now I'm going to lose the main one. You're you're really bumming me out with this trade. Anyway, you are going to lose. You are going to lose. Um, but no, you're right. We're trying to grow this format. So check us out on YouTube. We have a Saturday night show, uh, after the college games. It's a a lot of fun, a sports center style show. Apple podcast, you know, hit me up on Twitter. Well, we'll, we'll be reaching out to sleeper. Uh, to try and get them to do uh, do a campus to Canton setup, so that way we can actually grow the brand. Because really, you need a pro uh, a platform that will accept it. Because right now we're playing on two different platforms. So at some point, someone's going to wake up and understand that if you build it, they will come. And that's where Felix Sharp is, baby. He's out on that on, in the cornfields, telling everybody what's going to happen. And he's he's it's going to happen. It's going to it's going to be there. I know you're right, and I believe in you, and I love you, and thank you for coming on. So on behalf of everybody here at the Undrafted, on behalf of everybody here at the Undroppables, on behalf of the greatest producer who earned his money this week, Mr. Michael P. Duncan, you were joined by the great Felix Sharp this week. And I am Jax Falcone, a.k.a. Fantasy Receipts. And we are out. Out.